let's go ahead and start. Uh, all right, so the first question uh, is coming in from uh, Rishi Lirishu. I'm gonna try with names. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Um, and you asked, uh, mind sharing the games, the top games you uh, recommend on Tabletop Simulator? Sure. Um, well, these are not gonna be in order at all. I could just talk about some that have been really good. I played Watergate for the first time last night. Uh, that was a really good implementation, and I enjoyed the game. I lost pretty badly as the uh, the reporters, but either way, Watergate was really good. Uh, Spirit Island is surprisingly good. It's a really complicated mod. Apparently, it has a dedicated Discord community around the that mod in particular, and I've played that with friends, and it automates a lot of stuff, but there's obviously a lot going on there. Um, there are several good Concordia mods, and I have uh, um, played one of those. We played a five-player game uh, a few nights ago, uh, maybe like five or six nights ago or so, and all of us were very experienced with the game and experienced with Tabletop Simulator, so we finished a five-player game of that in about an hour and a half, which is about average for us with Concordia. Um, let me see. I'm actually going to pull out my phone because I'm starting to forget uh, some of the other ones. I'll just rattle some stuff off and then go on to the next question. Uh, Nova Luna is excellent on Tabletop Simulator. Um, I made a mod for Manmus Alkaganikonen, which I think is pretty good. Um, let's see here. A War of Whispers. I tried that one. Very good mod. Um, the Era Medieval Age mod is a little bit funky, but it works pretty well, and I'm uh, looking forward to trying that one more. Um, oh, and the Imperial Spells and Steam mod was also great. So, uh, yeah, there's just lots of really good mods out there. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's see here. Grayson asked, what game... Uh, What's a game you think is supremely overrated? Well, I'm going to go back to a game that I've mentioned a couple times when this comes up in the past, um, and that is, uh, oh my gosh, Equinox. That's right. So that is a two-player-only game that was released by Asmadi Games like seven years ago. They did a five-or-so-day Kickstarter for it, and it is a two-player uh, competitive, com uh, combative competitive uh, tile-laying game where you're placing tiles down. One person is light and one person is dark, and you're trying to place tiles down to flip other people's tiles over. Um, Every time this has been asked in the past, I've looked it up, and it's incredibly cheap to be able to buy. I highly recommend that one. And uh, thank you, uh, Rainer, for being the first person to uh, play around with the uh, the uh, Super Chat. You're awesome, John. Great content. Fabulous tutorials. Well, I think you're amazing too, Rainer. Uh, Rainer works for Board and Dice, and he's like my main contact with them as I'm working through um, the rules and the logistics of doing videos like Trismegistus and um, Teotihuacan and uh, many, many others. So Rainer is totally awesome. Uh, oh yeah, Ross is happy that he won the Patreon playthrough. Ross is the reason that, uh, well, thousands of people have been able to watch that Terraforming Mars playthrough. He uh, requested that one with a lot of expansions. I decided not to add the Venus expansion in there because that seemed like a little bit too much, but um, either way. All right, a question is, have you been playing Hearthstone Battlegrounds? Ooh, that's a good question from uh, Zumaru1. Um, I have not, but um, I have a, a non-interactive relationship with Hearthstone as a game. Hearthstone is something that I that's in my life every single day. When I wake up in the morning, I have uh, breakfast and I watch a couple of Hearthstone videos on YouTube. I, I pretty much five to six days out of the week, I watch some Hearthstone content, but I have not actually played a game of Hearthstone or the Battlegrounds or even the uh, the single player content in years. And I don't know, I just. I like watching professionals play the game. I like watching their highlight games where really cool stuff happens. So for me, I get all of the enjoyment I need out of Hearthstone, and I get to kind of keep up with the meta and the game without paying anything and without actually interacting with it at all. So I have a little bit of a strange relationship with it there. Uh, all right, let's see here. Let's jump back up. Uh, TC3P said they decided not to buy Turmoil since it makes the game longer, but it was cool to see how it worked. Uh, yeah, I totally understand that. Honestly, the main reason I bought Turmoil, well, I backed it on Kickstarter, is because through the Kickstarter, you also got the uh, double-layer boards, and I just really wanted those. So um, I bought it for that reason, and then I found out subsequently that um, non-Kickstarter backers don't get that automatically involved. And uh, I think I would recommend the Turmoil expansion to people who love Terraforming Mars and have played it a bunch, but it definitely adds some more stuff that is certainly not necessary, but is also pretty cool. Richard Robert Richardson said um, you would still watch playthroughs of older games. Well, honestly, and this is not really a pitch, uh, but I just want to mention that um, the contributing producer level supporter uh, uh, thing on Patreon lets you uh, spend uh, or donate $20 a month, which is a lot, I know, but it lets you request any game or any kind of board game related video, and then people vote on it back and forth, and that's why the Terraforming Mars one is made. Um, so several older videos have, or older games have been covered uh, because of that, and I, I do really appreciate that. Uh, Scampsign said, are there any other games like Railroad Revolution that you're just hoping they make an expansion for? Um, 
Probably. <laughs> Let's see. I was waiting for that one for a really long time. Um, I can tell you that I am still waiting for the expansion for me for Heaven and Ale. Uh, the expansion that came out last year at Essen didn't really do what I wanted in an expansion for Heaven and Ale. It just added a new um, kind of module onto the side, which added extra things that you do, but it did not actually freshen up the uh, core mechanics of the game, which is what I felt was the main problem with that game. So I guess I'm looking forward to a second expansion for Heaven and Ale, maybe a small expansion that just um, varies up the different barrels and whatnot that you play with. There's probably more, but I just can't think of any at the moment. Uh, there are 40 people here now, and lots of questions, so I should probably answer these a little bit quicker. Uh, Eric Anderson asked, uh, what game do you have an unexplained love for? His is Steam Time. Steam Time is a great game. Uh, I totally understand you uh, loving that game. I did a review for that where I talked about a little problem I had with it, but but overall, I think that game is great. Um, I guess maybe for me, it's Pioneers. There's probably others, but that's the first one that jumps off on the top of my head. That was a Queen game that came out like three or four years ago, maybe three years ago. And I just really like it. It's a game where you, uh, on your turn, your turns are really simple and you are kind of collectively moving out across the United States, but competitively. And the things that you're doing um, are relatively interactive as you're trying to build up tiny little engines and trying to score points in a wide variety of ways. And I really like this game. Like, I don't see myself ever getting rid of it. I haven't played it that much recently, but uh, this is one that's definitely sticking around. And I guess, I'm not really sure why. I guess just something about it is refreshing. I guess maybe the idea that it's a competitive game, but everybody shares a single pawn on the board. So when it's your turn, you do something, and then you move the pawn over here to a spot that you're hoping is good for you and bad for your opponents, and they all groan because now they have to move the pawn way over there. So it's a neat game. Uh, Grayson has a second question, uh, and it's a spicy one. What's your take on controversies surrounding colonialism, uh, the depiction of women, etc. in games? I know Pop Culture Detective is working on a video about that. Um, well, I mean, my 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 take is that I, certainly with the depiction of women in games, I have a, a really big problem with the, uh, the status quo, or at least the old status quo. I have actually declined to make a couple of sponsored playthroughs because they sent me the rules and I saw the art and I explained that I did not want to support that. I did not want that on my YouTube channel. And, um, well, in one of those cases, actually, uh, the publisher just walked away. And in another case, the publisher was like, oh my gosh, I totally didn't notice that card in the game. And they went back and they talked, it was an IP game. They talked to the IP people and they changed the art on that card for the final uh, production of the game. It was just one card, but it was a base card that every single player had. And it was it was really bad um, from a, a depiction of women in games. So uh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> I risked not doing a video with that and uh, it ended up working out well. I did a sponsored playthrough for it. Um, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's how I t my take on uh, depiction of women in games. I definitely want to see more uh, situations. Well, like um, I'll, I'll point out that uh, Traintopia is a game coming out in like, two months now or so, and I got a pre-production copy of it. I haven't played it yet, but on the front of the box art, there are like a wide variety of different uh, types of people. There are uh, men or women, but there is like, you know, the women in uh, places of power, like I believe the conductor is a woman and that kind of stuff. I just like saying that. Um, regarding colonialism, I don't know. I feel really weird about all that. I mean, I'm a white guy um, doing <laughs> content. Like it's it's a very typical thing. Uh, and I, you know, the, seeing things through the uh, the white perspective is, it, it's tough. I mean, part of me is like, you know, historical accuracy is good, blah, blah, blah. But then part of me is like, but no, like you definitely have to be a lot more careful about this kind of stuff, uh, especially when you uh, consider a lot of the other things going on. I don't have a super nuanced take, but I can say that I'm not desperately looking for more colonialism uh, themed games, at least from the perspective of um, the Western colonializers. Um, I think more games from the other perspective is certainly not a bad idea at all, especially if they depict things in a uh, way that shows um, the other side of, of, of how all that stuff goes. So um, I know that's not a, a super nuanced take overall, but uh, I definitely am not going to like die on the hill of defending uh, uh, colonialism as a theme in games, especially considering, um, you know, you can argue for authenticity in games, but every game has abstraction. And, you know, it always seems like there's authenticity, uh, authenticity being pushed in one way. And then, well, the, this part's abstracted because of course it's a game. And it seems like it isn't always kind of a, a fair balance. And I said I was gonna answer these questions quicker and I certainly didn't there, sorry about that. Um, all right, so um, Marcelo Duarte, plans for a top games of all time. Um, <laughs> you've bumped into a pet peeve of mine. Uh, I hate the of all time in uh, top 10 lists or top anything lists. 
Uh, for me, it's it's a silly thing, but you know, of all time implies forward time as well. And and I just you never know what kind of amazing games are going to come out. But I can say that I have made a couple of top ten lists. I made a top twenty list actually many years ago, and I called it my top twenty list of. 2016 or whatever it was, January 24th, 2016, because for me, these things can change. And I remember in that one, Through the Ages was the number one game. And I remember uh, saying that I didn't really see that changing, but it's not my number one game anymore. I'm not exactly sure what that would be, but it's not Through the Ages. And that's no fault of Through the Ages. It's more just, there've been a lot of amazing games that have come out since then that uh, I like better. So um, I don't currently have plans, but it might happen. Uh, I can tell you that uh, one of the recommendations or uh, the the things that the contributing uh, producers uh, sponsors have put up as an option to make is that video. It just hasn't won yet. Uh, so that might happen. All right. Ross said, um, would you do any more cooperative style board game, uh, playthroughs in the future? Uh, yeah, totally. I have no problem doing cooperative games, uh, in, in playthroughs. It just, it really just depends on what games are selected by patrons and what games are, um, I guess, being published by, you know, uh, publishers who work with me professionally. Um, doing uh, cooperative games can be a little bit tricky because, um, you know, you're a little bit more collaborative in that sense. So I don't have the ability to lean on the crutch of like, the different players are not supposed to know what they are doing, um, but I have no problem doing them. In fact, um, they can be really interesting challenges overall. Uh, Keith Polnick asks, uh, what are you doing? You and, well, and my girlfriend, uh, my wife, <laughs> my wife, Jessica, uh, what are we doing uh, with all the stuff going on? Uh, we are sheltering in place. It's been three weeks or so now, and we very rarely leave the house. We, we leave the house about once a day to walk the dog in a way that, you know, is isolated from everybody else. But um, we've gone to the grocery store essentially for two days over the course of the last three weeks, and we've been cooking everything at home. So we've been trying to stay inside as much as possible, and uh, we socialize a lot online with our friends uh, through video chat uh, software. Ross said, plus one to Marcelo's, I wish you could do a top 10 every year where you visit your top games. Yeah, I know, I might. I mean, once again, going back to pet peeves, honestly, top 10s are a, a little bit of a pet peeve for my, me in general. Um, I don't generally consume other people's top 10 lists. I, I sometimes wonder how um, how good of a content style that is overall, but people really do seem to like that. And uh, I feel like if I maybe did a top 10 every year, then I maybe am saying the same things about several of the games every year. But I don't know. I, I'm not super against it. It's just, you know, I started making this uh, YouTube channel to make content that I wanted to see more of um, out there on YouTube. I made reviews in a style that I felt was lacking and I made playthroughs in a style that I felt was lacking, at least as far as options out there. Um, so making top 10 lists has never been something I really gravitated towards because I never felt like there was a lacking amount of those out there. But again, I'm not against it and I will especially do it if it wins um, the uh, the poll for that one from the, uh, the contributing producers. All right, TC3P said, you loved the Railroad Evolution and you've been having a hard time finding it. Would you mind sharing where you're able to get it from? Oh yeah, so Railroad Evolution, actually, um, I just retweeted a tweet from What's Your Game where they currently have a, a package deal out where you can buy Railroad Revolution and Railroad Evolution, which is the expansion, uh, for one lump sum and it's a discount overall. So if you do not have either of, game, of those games and you found that game interesting, I highly recommend that game with the expansion. Um, you should definitely look into that. But um, yeah, just go to What's Your Game's website. Um, you order it directly from them. That's that's what I did. All right. David M. says, have you heard anything on how this current situation affecting the Bay Area game stores, mainly Victory Point games of Berkeley and Black Diamond and Concord? Um, well, I don't know a lot. I can tell you that I am very good friends with several people that work for Victory Point games, uh, Victory Point uh, Cafe, and they're closed, you know indefinitely, uh, as is, uh, pretty much every, uh, cafe type situation. Uh, I don't really know anything more than that. I just know that, um, that they're not open right now. And I really hope that they are going to survive this just like all of those other stores. Um, I don't have any insider information, uh, about that overall. I just really hope that they're able to survive this just like everyone else. Uh, Grayson asks, would you ever consider doing a game collection tour video? Um, I suppose I could. I mean, I have hundreds of games, so that might be a really long video overall, but that's something um, that I certainly could do, uh, especially if that was uh, requested by the contributing producers. Um, let's see here. Uh, Ethan says or asks, what are the chances you would do top uh, lists, five or 10 of different categories, possibly even uh, 50 or a top 100? Um, well, I've talked about top 10s a little bit already. Um, I'm never going to do a top 50 or a top 100. It's just 
an incredible amount of work, uh, honestly. Um, I, I do occasionally do top lists when they come up specifically as requests from the contributing producers, and I will probably continue to do it that way, once again, because um, I don't mind making top 10 lists, but it's not something that I necessarily um, love to do, like something I gravitate towards that much. Um, all plays a lot asks, do you play games with your family? Um, well, uh, my family is my wife and my dog. So, um, <laughs> I certainly don't play board games with a dog. Uh, Justin and I play board games, um, sometimes, although the thing that we mostly do together is, um, uh, exit style games, like the exit games or unlock games, those kind of more puzzly experiences are the type of things that we enjoy doing a lot more together. So, um, that's the vast majority of the, uh, board gaming type of stuff that I do with my family. Uh, Bartolus asks, um, if you're getting rid of board games, is it because of no space or you just don't like them? In general, it's because I don't have the space for them. I have a 5x5 Calyx shelf and then a small other shelf for some smaller games. And I'm trying to keep my collection overall to that. Um, we've been talking about maybe getting some more shelf space, which means I would be getting rid of less games for a while. Um, but if I don't like a game, then I will get rid of it. But I would say... 80% of the time, I, I get rid of a game for my collection because it's not good enough compared to the other ones, and I want to save that space on my shelf. Um, Carrie Hunt uh, says, what are your favorite card games, both standard 52-card deck and commercial? Um, let's see here. Well, I mean, I, I like... Texas Hold'em Poker, uh, that's a 52-deck uh, card game. Uh, I don't love it. Like, I don't play it uh, when I go to casinos or anything like that. But um, I like playing that with friends. I'd say that's probably my favorite 52-card deck uh, type of game. And a commercial game, whew, I'm not sure. That's really tough to say. I mean, I, I'm probably skipping over some really good ones. I mean, I know games like Innovation are great. Um, Stick'em, which I just played recently, is really good. Oh, Teach You, I'm being an idiot. Uh, Teach You is obviously my favorite uh, uh, card game overall, although that's kind of a 52-card deck game. It's 52 cards plus four jokers, but that's easily my favorite card game uh, at this point. Um, All Plays A Lot asks, what software do you use for this live Q&A? Great question. Um, it's called OBS, and it's free. And from what I can tell in my research online, it's what pretty much all live streamers use. Uh, so I would uh, highly recommend you use that, and it just integrates really well with YouTube. I just had to watch some uh, tutorials to make that happen. Uh, Sue Park asks, any interest in 18xx again? You seemed tepid after playing uh, that one game with Ambi and Toby. Uh, yeah, so my interest in it is is pretty tepid still. I mean, it was a fun experience because I like playing games in general, and I do enjoy um, kind of route-based logistics-style games. But, you know, that was a really long game, and I would certainly say that I did not catch the 18xx bug when I played that one game. Um, in general, I prefer my games to be more like 90 minutes long versus three to four hours long. And I fully acknowledge that in that game that I played with Ambi and Toby, um, and another guy named Justin, who is huge into 18xx games, um, that was the optimum situation to play an 18xx game as a first time player because they were all um, literal experts at this game or at this style of game. So they took care of all the bookkeeping, they took care of um, a whole bunch of stuff, and they also shaved about 45 minutes to an hour off of the playtime by uh, doing the rest on paper when the game was at its kind of inevitable conclusion. So if I was to play this game again, it would likely be with people who are not experienced with 18xx, and I think it would be very long, and I just don't think I have that in me. I, I certainly might play it again in the future if everybody knows exactly how to play and they can teach me and whatnot, but I am not um, really pushing that hard to keep playing 18xx games. Uh, Mike Bloom did a super chat. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate that. Um, Mike is also a Patreon supporter, so lots of support coming in. Um, you asked, any good shows you've been watching on Netflix, Amazon Prime, etc.? Yes, we've been we've been watching lots of shows. Um, the one that we've been watching uh, at the moment, kind of once a week, is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a really fun show um, that's uh, kind of funny, kind of dramatic, and it's got a lot of musical numbers in it. I'm not usually crazy about music in my uh, fiction, but uh, apparently that's changing because uh, we also loved Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is full of hilarious, amazing songs. Uh, so that series was uh, really good overall. Uh, we've been watching Broad City, which is a great show. Um, and then there are other shows that have been out for a while, like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think is excellent. I, I really, really enjoyed watching that one and uh, many others. Oh, Jane the Virgin is another one. Um, if you want to binge something for a long time when you're at uh, Shelter in Place, uh, definitely give Jane the Virgin a try because it is hilarious. It's like this um, kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, take on uh, soap operas. It has like 88 episodes that are all 50 minutes long. So it's 
it's a lot of stuff that you could watch. And uh, Jess and I, we watched all of it. Uh, let's see here. Question. Would you do a spoiler-filled playthrough of all the months of Pandemic Legacy Season 1? <laughs> um, huh. I mean, honestly, do I still own that? I think I might have thrown away everything but the board. Uh, I might have kept the board just because, you know, nostalgia and whatnot, but I think I got rid of everything else for saving space. Uh, so I don't think that is going to happen, although that is certainly a neat idea. And honestly, it's been so long, I don't really remember um, how all of that played out because uh, that was years ago. Uh, Grayson Pierschel asked, do you play video games much other than Hearthstone? Well, again, I don't actually play Hearthstone. I consume Hearthstone content, um, but I've been playing a little bit more video games recently. Uh, we bought a Switch about a year ago, and um, I, I go off and on with it. Um, uh, sometimes I'm playing uh, games on that a lot, and sometimes not so much. Um, there have been a lot of games going on sale recently because of the whole COVID-19 thing, and so I've been buying a lot of games on sale on the Switch, and I've been playing uh, some of them. Uh, one recent one I played that it was wonderful, and it was $1, was Piku Niku. That was a hilarious, like, five-hour-long uh, platforming game. So that, that one was really fun, but in general, I, I don't really play video games much. Question from Keith. Um, do you have any exit or unlock games? If you do, any chance you could do a live playthrough with you and your wife and have the public help out as well? Um, yeah, we do. I mean, we have a couple more of the exit games. We've done a couple of them recently. Um, but I don't know. I just... I'm not really interested in stepping into the live playthrough waters of board gaming content. I think it takes a lot of uh, equipment that I don't have to to pull that off well. And I think it takes a lot of uh, effort to be entertaining as you're doing that. Because honestly, uh, when Jess and I are doing these exit games, um, there are often like five minutes that go by where we don't say a single thing because we're just concentrating on the puzzles. And so, yeah, I just, I, I, while that does sound like a neat idea in theory, I just don't think it really plays towards uh, my strengths as a content creator. So I don't think that's something I'm, I'm going to be doing. Uh, Niklas asked, what game is currently on your mind that you can't get out of your head? His is Maracaibo at this point. Um, let's see, what game is currently on my mind that I can't get out of my head? Uh, well, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, it's Gone and Conan. Um, that is a game I talked about in a recent Impressions vlog. It's a uh, roll and write style game, and it has been uh, so in my head that I want to play it more that I spent a lot of hours uh, figuring out how to make a mod for it on Tabletop Simulator so that I can play it with my friends. Um, I didn't count how many hours total I put into it, but it was probably seven to eight hours <laughs> uh, scanning and editing cards and uh, learning how to make those mods and whatnot. So I think that one is probably on my mind more than anything else at this point. And I've played my kind of final version once with a friend, and I'm certainly looking forward to playing that one more. So that one is definitely on my brain a lot. Looking down, uh, Eric Anderson asked, what is your Holy Grail game that, for whatever reason, isn't in your collection? Huh. Honestly, I don't think I have one. Um, <laughs> I, I'm generally pretty frugal uh, with spending money on lots of things, but with board games, if I really want a board game, I'm probably going to get it. So uh, if I think of something, then I will come back to that. But for the moment, I can't think of anything. Uh, let's see here. Uh, David M. asked, did you receive a review copy of any new Kramer, Kramer and Kiesling games? Oh, the, the game Paris. Have you? Uh, do you have an opinion on it either way? I did not receive a review copy of that one because when they reached out to me about it, their Kickstarter campaign was starting like nine days later, and there was no way that I could uh, cover it in that amount of time. So they did not send me a copy. Um, I will say that I did play a prototype of it at Gamma. Um, I did not cover my impressions of it because... In general, I try not to cover my impressions of prototypes and whatnot, and the game wasn't really authentic. It was more of like an extended demo, uh, so I, I didn't. I decided not to cover my impressions of it because it was just not a full, really accurate game. It kind of didn't end in the correct way or whatnot. But um, that game is all about, uh, you have this big circular board and you are um, trying to put these keys down in different spots. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of it, but um, essentially the crux of the game is uh, a little bit of area control on different zones and the points that you get will vary for those. And I thought the game was neat, although I am a little bit worried about it. It does one thing that I am not crazy about in board games where it front loads a ton of information at you. One part of the game is there's a track around the outside of the board that goes from one to 30 or so. And one of the things that you get to do as you're playing is move along that track. And when you move, you can go as far as you want to, but you can never go counterclockwise. So you start the game, your first turn, and you look down and there are like 30 or so different individually unique 
bonus actions around the board. And if you get to move, you can do any of them. So it was definitely a bit of analysis paralysis right there at the start being like, okay, what do all of these do? And how far do I go? And what am I giving up to go forward? And it's a neat mechanic, but it leans pretty hard on new players uh, with that first decision. I think after you play the game a few times, you can probably tell the kind of path you want to take through each given game. But in that first game, it was a bit overwhelming. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. But in general, I thought the game was fun and I'm looking forward to playing a full real game of it. Okay, Brian Brazil said, uh, uh, question, don't ruin the magic if you prefer not to, um, but uh, the first, let's see here, but sorry, don't ruin the magic if you prefer not, but do you preset, preset the first few turns of a playthrough so that you can better show the rules or is it all standard setup and you show the rules as they come? Uh, yeah, I'll ruin the magic. It's super preset. <laughs> I spend a decent amount of time on every single playthrough making sure that I can get to every single mechanic as quickly as humanly possible because, you know, I split my playthroughs up into tutorials and the extended playthrough. So I'd like the tutorial bit to be as quick as possible. So yeah, I, I pre-stack cards like in Terraforming Mars. I made sure that um, there were cards in people's hands so that a greenery tile would go down, a city tile would go down, an ocean would go down, that uh, every single little button could be pressed in that first generation, which is not something that usually happens. So I, I do do that quite a bit. Um, so and I think that's probably for the best overall. And, you know, um, I will say that my playthroughs are not entirely authentic beyond the setup as well, because um, there are times where I kind of tweak things a little bit um, for better entertainment value overall. Uh, so yeah, please never see my playthroughs as a super authentic way to play the game. I'm really trying to show a full playthrough experience of what the game can be like. Um, and I'm also trying to be entertaining, of course. Uh, all right. So now that I have ruined the magic, uh, we can move on. Uh, Grayson asked, what are some of your favorite films? Well, that's tough. Um, I guess I'm not going to go into this super long because I, I have a hard time pulling this stuff off at the top of my brain quickly, but I can say the first thing that I thought of was um, Arrival, I think it was called. It was an amazing sci-fi uh, movie about first contact. I really, really like that. Um, I, a lot of my favorite movies and media content are sci-fi related. I, I loved sci-fi as a child, so that's really in my head. Uh, so it's not a movie, but I love The Expanse. Um, I really liked Interstellar. I know a lot of people didn't, but I really liked Interstellar. Uh, so yeah, a lot of uh, sci-fi movies. I, I can't really think of any others off the top of my head. If I do, then I will mention it. But um, uh, I like lots of movies. I just am drawing a blank at this point. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Winnie T uh, said, what type of PC or Mac do you use to play tabletop simulator? Uh, need a suggestion to replace my overheating old Mac laptop. Um, I'm using a 2014 uh, MacBook Pro. Uh, a mid-2014 is, is the, the actual style of it. Uh, and it plays tabletop simulator fine. I'm actually in the process of trying to upgrade this computer because it's starting to struggle a lot as I do video editing. But um, even a five-year-old laptop like mine can uh, handle TTS pretty well. So I think uh, any of the cheapest options out there could probably handle uh, TTS at this point, but I, I haven't actually done research on that. Uh, all right. Grayson asked, uh, you're really well-spoken. Did you do speech or debate or anything like that when you were younger? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I haven't done anything like that. Um, at all, really. I, I acted in one play in uh, high school, but I did not have any speaking lines. I was a dancer in Guys and Dolls, so I kind of sang along with the chorus. I have an awful singing voice, so it doesn't surprise me they threw me in the chorus. Uh, no, I, this is just kind of the way I am. Uh, many people throughout my life, especially earlier on, have told me that, like, you have the voice for radio. You should do radio. So I guess to a certain extent, I am kind of doing that now, like with YouTube content. It's not quite radio, but uh, yeah, this is just the way it is. Um, so I think it's a little bit better now that I'm talking a little slower on average. It's something I'm trying to do, at least uh, when I'm recording myself. Uh, Ray Shilershu, uh asked, "Do uh, you do Kickstarter previews, but do you yourself pledge for any games? Um, not a lot anymore, uh, if I'm being honest. Let's see here. Um, I probably back like one to two projects a year at this point. Um, I was a pretty early Kickstarter person. Like uh, Kickstarter started to become a thing in like 2010, 2009, at least for board games. And I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of board gaming in 2009. So there were many years in like the early 20 teens that I was backing two games a month on Kickstarter. Like I was... I, w I went pretty crazy on Kickstarter for many years. At this point, I I've pulled back pretty hard, and a big part of that is because of the YouTube channel, and because I've realized that a lot of games 
I just want to try at least once. And if I love it, then I can probably find um, it somewhere else. So in general, I usually talk myself out of backing Kickstarters these days. Um, I did uh, the Turmoil expansion for uh, Terraforming Mars, of course, because I wanted the boards. And um, I backed uh, uh, the Isle of Cats because I really liked the game. And I don't know, after doing a sponsored playthrough for it, I, I felt a little weird asking for a free copy of it as well. So I, I, I just bought a copy of that one. But yeah, in general, I try to keep my Kickstarter backing to a minimum. Again, because I also get so many games that I don't want to back one game a month and then have all those games to play and all the other games that are being sent to me by publishers. It's just a little bit of a unique situation as a person that uh, receives review copies. Um, Rachel Lershu, uh, asked, uh, while on the Kickstarter wagon, uh, is there any April Kickstarter projects that you look forward to? Um, yeah, I mean, I, once again, I, I don't really pay attention to what's coming out on Kickstarter at all, uh, beyond what, um, publishers have reached out to me to do sponsored playthroughs for. So, um, I, I'm not really on the Kickstarter wagon at all anymore, um, because I have so many other things to pay attention to. So, um, so unfortunately the answer to that one is, uh, no, there, there aren't really anything. Uh, let's see. Ross asked, question, quacks or taverns? Uh, so I'm guessing this question, well, I know this question is saying quacks of Quinlanburg or taverns of Tiefenthal, which are both, uh, Wolfgang Warsh designs that came out in the last three or so years. Um, I think my preference is taverns of Tiefenthal, even though I'm pretty sure I've removed that one from my collection at this point as well. Um, I liked quacks of Quinlanburg a lot at first, but my uh, enjoyment of that one kind of fell off a cliff after a couple of rough plays. Um, I know it's kind of a silly thing to harp on it, uh, but there's a lot of randomness in a bag building game where you pull tokens out. And the uh, last two plays of Quacks I played, I just, I just could not draw tiles out of the bag to save my life. And, and I really found myself actually getting frustrated as I played through the game. And in general, if I find my mood souring because of how a game is playing, that's not generally a game I want to keep playing. So a couple of bad plays kind of killed quacks for me. Um, taverns I enjoyed, but I don't know. I felt like it was kind of much ado about not much. Uh, certainly not nothing, but there are a lot of little subsystems in that game. But when I ended up playing with it, I just did not feel like it was actually all that compelling. I know a lot of people really like it, but for me, uh, neither of those games were a particular hit. Uh, Felix Hall says, my favorite games come from Italian designers, especially Simone Luciani and Vergione Gili, uh, Grand Austria Hotel, Marco Polo, and Lorenzo Il Magnifico. What's your opinion of these games? Uh, well, I can tell you that I really like Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Um, Marco Polo is good. I like Marco Polo 2 better, uh, quite a bit, actually. And Grand Austria Hotel was a huge flop for me the one time I played it. It was awful. And I don't really blame the game for it. I kind of blame the setting. We were playing a four-player game and it was just excruciatingly long. And I made a blunder on like my second turn of the game that I was never able to come back from. So um, I should probably try Grand Austria Hotel again at some point in the future, but it was a, it was a really big uh, stumble for me overall. But in general, I do like the games that are uh, designed by that kind of team of Italian designers as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, my opinion in general is they make cool games. Uh, some of them are a little bit overly complex, like, um, uh, Barrage, which isn't actually, um, no, I, I believe that is Simone Luciani. Um, so some of them are, tend to be a little more complex than I want, but I, I do think they make good games. All right, moving on. Danny Clay says, is Great Western Trail top 10 of all time for you? No, uh, not at all. <laughs> if you want to know why, you can check out the review I made for it years ago, which ended up being pretty controversial. Um, uh, Great Western Trail was a bit of a flop for me, honestly. I wanted to love it. I went into my first play expecting to love it, and then my second play trying to find reasons to love it, and then my third play feeling like, crap, I don't think I like this game at all, and then the fourth play to confirm that I really just didn't like it. Um, I, I can't remember all of the reasons now. I go into them in great detail and apparently a controversial way in that uh, that review, so definitely check that one out. Uh, lots of people have told me that I am wrong in the comments of that one, and, you know, they have have every right to their opinion, but uh, yeah, Great Western Trail was was not one that really worked well for me at all. Uh, Cubson uh, says, do you have a favorite game mechanic? Uh, yeah, I think in general, my favorite game mechanic is uh, incentivization systems where the game kind of auto balances itself with players um, based off of incentives that get added down onto things. Uh, one great example of that is Forense, where on your turn, you have to take a card from a row. And if you want to take not the first card, then you have to put resources down on every card that you skip over. So that means you're giving up stuff to get the cards that you want, but it means the card 
cards that people don't want are going to build up with resources until there's enough resources there where someone says, you know what, it's worth it. I'm going to take that card that's not good because it comes with all of those resources on top. I love this mechanic uh, pretty much whenever it shows up in games. Um, I know that uh, the Stopford Dynasty is another one that uses this really well. Uh, Small World is a much older game that uses this. So it's it's a great mechanic. I just love how um, the, the, the table can kind of auto balance uh, different things in a game. I think it's really neat. Moving on, All Plays A Lot says, what uh, is your favorite Red Raven game title as of now? Uh, well, Red Raven games, they've made a lot of stuff, and um, honestly, none of them have blown me away. Um, I backed the uh, Empires of the Void 1 Kickstarter, like, in 2011, whenever that was, 2010, and that one was a bit of a flop. I liked Above and Below a decent bit. I played that one a couple of times, um, but I have not played most of their games. So I guess Above and Below is the answer, but that's a very uh, poorly uh, framed answer to the question because I just have not played that many of their games. Um, Trevor says, my brother and I have been gaming over Zoom a lot recently, both setting up our copies of the same game and handling the admin for each other's turns. Is that something you've ever tried? Uh, no, that isn't uh, mostly because I would just prefer to play on Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia where we don't have to worry about that overall. It seems like in general, unless the game is really, really new or crazy obscure, you can probably find a mod for it on Tabletop Simulator. So I would, I, I in general, I prefer to play it that way. Uh, they've, uh, Trevor says they've managed to play Brass Birmingham, Teotihuacan, Altiplano, Gugong, Yokohama, Irish Gage, and Underwater Cities, and Great Western Trail uh, all through this way. And, and that's really cool. I, I mean, I'm glad that that's working out for you. I, I think that um, playing with more than two players would slow that down a lot. And in general, I do play games with more than two players. Uh, so I, it's really cool that that's working out for you well. I know that Paul Grogan, who does live streams, uh, does his live streams in that way, and it seems to work out well for him in that way as well. But in general, I prefer the online experience and then just have a chat channel or a video channel up so that I feel like I'm sitting across the table from the person as we are doing all of these various things. I think that's part of the reason why I generally prefer Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia over something like Board Game Arena, because Board Game Arena is a, um, a browser-based thing where you don't see other people's cursors. And it handles a lot of the game mechanics, but it feels like you're playing a video game against good AI instead of actually seeing someone's hand and being like, hey, why are you looking over in my area? Because you can kind of see their cursor in that spot. So I generally prefer that. Uh, let's see here. Ross says, do you bling out your components or not really? Um, in general, I don't um, add extra um, bling, I guess, to my games. Uh, I did get uh, a little set of little rubber O-rings to add to my game of Underwater Cities because I heard that that's a better way to show upgrades. But in general, I don't really spend time on that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not against it overall. If something really calls out to me, then I'll jump on it. But it's not something I really go for. Uh, moving on, Grayson says, do you enjoy any games in the GIF series or any other abstracts? Um, I've never actually played a GIF series game. Um, I know about them. I, they, in general, have kind of the same artistic aesthetic. They've got, like, cones and little circles and rods and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not against it. I just don't know anyone who has tried to push those games in general. And I usually tend to not play abstracts. I think I enjoy uh, randomness a little bit more in games, and I enjoy hidden information, um, probably because... While I've played thousands of games, I, I'm not actually that great at games. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I'm not trying to, um, you know, set up a humble brag or anything like that. But, um, you know, with abstracts, that's a very thinky experience that really incentivizes playing a game over and over and over again. And I, I very often don't actually get to do that. So I'm not against abstracts, but um, I generally don't play them. Uh, Scamp Sign asks... If you could force two designers to make a game together, who would you pick? And by force, I mean in the nicest possible uh, way, and both designers are totally down for this. Uh, huh. That's an interesting idea. Uh, who would I pick? Well, I'm going to have to think about this one. <laughs> Coming up with something on the fly is going to be a little bit tough. I mean, I guess I could just pick two of my favorite designers. Uh, Andreas Stedding is one of my favorite designers. I think he makes really good stuff overall. Uh, great medium weight euros with a lot of really cool systems and whatnot. Um, and who would I combine with Andreas Stedding? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll just pick like a popular uh, choice and go with Isaac Childress, the designer of Gloomhaven. Not that I want an Andreas Stedding Gloomhaven, but um, Isaac 
Patrick makes a lot of cool stuff as well. I think he's got some really awesome ideas. And in general, it seems like uh, Isaac likes to have tons of ideas in his game. And Andreas Setting tends to streamline a lot of his games really well. So I feel like that could be a really cool combination. So I think that's the answer I'm going to go for. Uh, let's see here. Felix Hall asked, what do you think of Dominion? Is It's probably their uh, their most played game. They have all of the expansions sleeved. That is crazy. That is an incredible amount of cards. Uh, my opinion of Dominion is that it's a fine game. Um, it was one of the first modern games that I played because I fell into modern board gaming in 2009. So I think I played Dominion on my first ever random, like just drop in board game night at a thing over in Berkeley, or I guess in Oakland. Um, I liked Dominion a lot when it first came out. I bought a copy. I bought a copy of Intrigue and Seaside. And after that point, I never bought any more because I felt like I had enough Dominion in my life overall. And I've played it a decent number of times, um, but not really in the last eight or nine years or so. And it's not really a slight on Dominion. I just think in general, I prefer deck builders with um, like the second and third wave of deck builders. Um, Dominion can kind of feel sometimes like you make some decisions at the start of the game and then you just run through those decisions and see if you beat other people. And I know some people say that's not the case overall, but yeah, I, I like uh, deck builders that have a little bit more of uh, tactics built in, you know, with sliding card rows instead of having everything be available at the start of the game. It's a fine game. I would not mind playing it again, but I just don't have a huge uh, drive to get it played again. All right, moving on. Rainer asked, what are your hopes for the future of the uh, industry and the hobby? Anything in particular that you want to see more of or less of? Um, well, I mean, my hopes for the future of the industry and the hobby is that it becomes more, I don't know, successful, more more broadly known. So it's less of a, a niche that it is right now. Um, I, that doesn't really tie into my hopes for the hobby uh, because from a personal perspective, uh, like I just alluded to before, I generally like games with tighter rule sets. I don't mind them being heavy, but when games have all sorts of um, conditions, like, you know, this is always the case except for this, this, and this, or, you know, really, really long uh, uh, subsystems that happen on different turns, I think I generally prefer board gaming when things are streamlined a little bit more, a little bit more elegant overall. So from my personal perspective, um, my favorite kind of gaming is medium to heavyweight Euro games. So I would love to see a little bit more streamlining come into play with medium to heavyweight Euro games. It seems like uh, recently as an industry, things have been getting more and more complicated, um, not necessarily more complex, but just more and more stuff thrown in. And it seems like uh, some of these games are being published with like two expansions worth of modules and content uh, strapped in when I think I would prefer to just come in with the streamlined version and then opt in to extra complexity if I wanted to. Um, I'm not sure if that was super the answer you were expecting there, Rainer, uh, for the industry and whatnot. I know it's a bit general, like, I hope things do better, but but I do. I, I just hope that more people get into it in general because I love board gaming. I think it's uh, such a fun thing to do, and uh, there's so many people out there who uh, don't know that they could be in love with this thing as well. Um, Ross asked, Diet Coke, uh, Diet Pepper or Coke? or what pop. Um, okay, so what's my favorite soda, I guess you're asking? Um, it's got to be Mountain Dew. I've, <laughs> I've drank my weight in Mountain Dew many, 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 many times over throughout my life. Uh, I still love it. I, I've, been, I've been drinking a lot more Red Bull lately. Um, I, Red Bull is definitely starting to inch up overall, um, but yeah, Mountain Dew is kind of my main uh, uh, soda love. I do love, uh, I do really like anyway, Coke and Dr. Pepper in different settings, um, but yeah, Mountain Dew is the one I usually go towards. Uh, Ray Shilershu asked, what is a game in your collection that, um, that you've had the longest? Whew, that is a good question. Um, I've only started, um, I've only started tracking my, uh, when I added things into my collection uh, several years ago. So thinking back to what I have, well, it's maybe innovation. Uh, I would say Settlers of Catan, but my original version of Settlers of Catan was stolen. Somebody smashed in my window of my car and stole my backpack that was full of my entire board game collection at the time. That was like 2010 and my whole collection could fit in a backpack and I lost my entire collection. Uh, but I think I had innovation at that point. So it's probably innovation or maybe Settlers of Catan because I got a new copy right after that. Uh, most of the other games that I had back then, like Stone Age um, and Tuluva were a couple of my first games and Dominion, I've uh, subsequently moved on. So yeah, I'll probably go with those. Uh, what civilization games do you enjoy uh, from Razvan Bogdan? Um, well, in general, I think I 
prefer more abstracted civilization games. Uh, Through the Ages is still an amazing game, even if it's not my number one game uh, at this point. It's still an amazing game. Uh, Nations is also excellent. I actually played that one. Oh, I forgot to mention, there's a really good version of Nations in Tabletop Simulator. I played that one about two weeks ago with friends, and it was just a really good implementation. Like, just as good as playing it live. Uh, So I really like Nations as well. Uh, I think Nations is a little bit more tactical in general, and I I think going forward, I probably don't like the asymmetry in Nations, but yeah, I think I like abstracted card-based civilization games in general, or games that have a civilization theme. Um, I'm not crazy about troops on a map fighting each other in different ways, so that's generally not the kind of thing I gravitate towards where, you know, I'm okay with conflict in games, with military conflict, obviously through the ages and nations both have that, but I prefer the abstract nature of that without actually having a board. So I guess the simple way to put it is I like my Civ games without a map in the middle of the table. Uh, But I don't, I'll play those as well, just given my preference, I prefer games without that. Uh, Emmanuel uh, asked, have you ever tried a Taiwan board game design game like Formosa Tea or Dado Cheng? Um, I don't think so. Um, it's possible. I mean, I haven't played either of those. I've heard of those. Um, but thinking back on it, I, I don't think I actually have. Uh, in general, I haven't played that many games that are coming from the Asian markets. I'm not against it. It just seems like those break in um, to the general uh, board gaming uh, uh, scene a little bit less often. Um, I think some of the Emperor S4 stuff that I've seen has been pretty cool. Uh, Realm of Sand was a game that I really liked. So I think that's probably about as close as, uh, as I can think of on that one. Um, there was another uh, stacking game uh, that I cannot think of off the top of my head that was, I think, maybe from a Korean designer, uh, a Korean publisher. Oh my gosh, what is that game called? It's like a circus game with little blocks. It looks like a kid's game, but it's still really fun. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'll do some research and I'll put it at the bottom of the screen when I end up posting this onto YouTube. Um, Alan Alley asked, do you have a least favorite board game component? Uh, Alley hates, uh, Alan hates pawns. Um, do I have a least favorite p- component? Uh, that's not something I've ever really thought of before. I probably do. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to say sleeves. I know it's not really a component that comes into games, but man, I hate sleeves. Um, I, I know it makes uh, shuffling a little bit um, easier. But um, I hate the way that cards slip around like crazy. Uh, so yeah, in general, I just don't like putting sleeves in play because they slide around and they just, they're so annoying to put together. So that kind of answers your question overall. Um, uh, Jessica actually just uh, sent me a message and said that I did play a game that um, was from Taiwan, we think. It was called, it was something about smelling. But yeah, I don't remember the name of that one either. It was a really strange game uh, that had like, uh, it was it was like the, the king of smell or something like that, where it was all about uh, putting together things that smelled nicely. But I can't remember the details of that one either. Uh, do I like point salads? Alan asked. Uh, if so, what is your favorite? Um, so in general, I think point salads are games where you get victory points for doing kind of everything. And I do like that in games. I, I kind of like having every single action that I do be uh, quantitated into uh, victory points. Um, I like a lot of Feld games. Um, Feld is uh, somewhat famous for having a lot of point salad in his games. I'm trying to think of uh, what games would co- uh, qualify for that uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, I mean, I guess... It's it's kind of a, a fluffy definition, point salad, but just, you know, games where pretty much everything that you do gets you points. Um, well, you know, Marco Polo is a game where you get a lot of points for doing things, but I don't think I necessarily call that a point salad game. Uh, Underwater Cities gives you points for doing a lot of different things. Um, you know, it's kind of tough. I'm, I'm not sure if I have a favorite uh, off the top of my head. Uh, that, that one's a little... Uh, bit tough to say. Uh, Point Salad, the Point Salad game. You know what? I did enjoy Point Salad, the Point Salad game. So (laughs) yeah. Um, Moving on. Uh, Rainer says that he thinks the industry is definitely moving back towards more elegant and tighter designs. And I hope you're right, Rainer. I hope you're right. Uh, Ross's vote for point salad uh, mechanism games is Castles of Burgundy by Feld. Yeah, I like Castles of Burgundy. That, that's a good game. Uh, oh, uh, I just got uh, the answer to that. Uh, the Taiwan game about smelling It's called Sweet Nose. <laughs> and it was very strange. I don't know if I actually enjoyed it, but it was neat playing it uh, from a strange theme perspective. Uh, let's see here. Moving on. Uh, Rainer likes Civilization, New Dawn, and Nations of the Dice game. Um, I've actually not played Civilization, New Dawn, and I would like to. Uh, there's a version of it on Tabletop Simulator, and I have subscribed to it because that's one I'd like to play. Um, I I thought Nations of the Dice game was okay. Uh, you know, I feel like 
that actually, if we circle back to way before when somebody asked for, uh, if there's a game that needs an expansion, it would be Nations of the Dice game. Uh, I think it needs uh, expansion content in a pretty big way. Uh, I played it a couple times and I feel like I kind of played it out. Um, and I think in general, I'd rather play Nations in the big game, even though it takes a lot longer. Um, so I think at this point, I'm gonna keep answering some questions, but we're approaching the end of an hour. So I'm gonna try to wrap this one up soon. I know there's lots of other things that people are looking to do, other streams are happening. Um, so yeah, we can look here uh, some, to some of the last questions. Blake says, are you planning to do a playthrough for Vitalisur's games? Uh, watching you do, uh, you go through the whole game turn by turn would be a better way uh, than watching a how to play video. Um, at this point, I don't have any plans to do any Lacerda games. I can tell you that way back, like when I'd done three or so playthroughs, I tried to do a playthrough of The Gallerist. I, it was really hot back then. I, I had just gotten my copy from Kickstarter and I got like two hours into the game when I suddenly realized I'd been doing something very wrong and then I looked into it more and realized I'd been doing many things very, very wrong. And I got super disheartened and I put it away. And at this point, I've not actually tried to do a playthrough of a Lacerda game since. Uh, I'm not against it uh, in general, but um, they would certainly be a challenge to do. Um, I've reached out to Eagle Griffin Games a couple of times in the past about potentially working together with them for making content for the games. And they've never really gotten back to me. So it doesn't seem like that's a high priority for them. So at this point, it's somewhat unlikely. I don't actually own any Lacerda games at this point. Um, so, uh, moving on here, I'm not sure if there are too many other questions. Oh, uh, Razvan says, what in your opinion about board game, uh, let's see here. What is your opinion about board games getting more and more expensive despite the huge number of games that come out? And do you think the increase in quality makes up for it? Um, I, I honestly didn't know games were getting more expensive. I'm a bit out of touch when it comes to that these days. Um, I did spend, I guess, I actually looked it up for reasons. I did spend about $900 on board games last year. So even though I get a lot of games, I still spend a decent amount of money on them. But I think I just um, generally try to uh, buy the games that I want and not think about the money. I'm in a fortunate position that I can do that. Um, I think nicer component quality is great in games. I think, uh, I, I don't certainly don't want the average game to start costing $100, um, but I think a little bit of an increase in price is okay uh, from my personal uh, perspective. Although in general, I would like board games to be as affordable as possible because I want them to be as open uh, to other people as, as possible. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rainer says the first expansions for Nations of the Dice game was absolutely essential and improved the game. You know, I think I knew that that existed and I never got around to getting it. And I think I got rid of my copy of Nations of the Dice game. I, I should try it with the expansion at some point if I have a try, if I have a chance. Well, I think at this point, I'm essentially going to wrap this one up. I'm not going to take any more questions. Um, this has been fun. Uh, it looks like about 40 people have been here uh, the overall time. And I just want to thank everybody for showing up. Um, and also thank everybody who's uh, watching this in the future or listening to it in the future in the podcast form. Um, this has been an interesting thing and I am planning on doing this in the future. Um, by the way, um, if you are a person who is listening to this in the future and the timing that I did um, 11 uh, a.m. in California time on a Wednesday, if that's just awful for you, then let me know a good timing for the next time. And I will keep that in mind because I want to try and uh, vary the timing up for this so that I catch different sorts of people. But yeah, I think at this point, I am going to wrap up this live vlog. Thanks again to everybody who has uh, been coming over to it. So uh, have a great day.